Hi everybody, this is Wit from Spiderbait. When I'm passing through Karam, aside from slowing down to 50 kilometres an hour and reminisces about doing the Eel Race Road Rumba or the Watley Street Wiggle, I like to tune in to Radio Karam and get down with the good vibes. Hello and hi everyone and welcome along to Definitive Breaks here. I'm Tina and you're tuned into Radio Karam. On today's show, I have a special guest coming to you live from the studio, a singer, composer, recording artist, multi-instrumentalist and world-class performer, the lovely Fiona Lee Maynard. Welcome to the show, Fiona. Thanks, Tina. Thank you. Oh, I'm so excited and thrilled to have you here. You made it. (laughs) Yeah, I did. a beautiful space at Radio Carum too. Isn't that nice? Yeah. It's so nice and cosy and you get so many views. Yeah, it's a great view. I'm not, I Usually, like, radio interviews are in kind of dingy. <laughs> <laughs> um, soundproof back offices and, and without a view and this is fantastic. I know, I know. It's so spacious yeah. as well. So um, I'm also, like, even better. I can't wait to hear you sing. Thank so, you. Um, so for people who don't know, Fiona is actually pretty much Melbourne um, rock royalty. Um, you've probably been in the biz for a very long time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been playing gigs since I was 15, now I'm 55. So oh, my like, goodness. It's 40 years. I don't think I'm paid as well as the royals, though. But aside oh, from that. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, you look great. And I, oh, thank and you. I bet you sound wonderful. <laughs> Gosh, so um, we're here to talk about, can you tell me about your latest project? What have you been working on? Okay, well, um, it's been, you know, most people have had pretty tough few years Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, I'm not really any exception. And the the thing is, um, I always found that music was a kind of a... A self medication. It was the good kind. It, mm-hmm. it, it, the addiction to music didn't always. Lead, it might have led to an empty bank balance, but it it leads you to connect with people and leads you to um, to explore uh, the inexpressible parts of yourself. So, in the last few years, um, I've had my mum um, be in a nursing home with dementia mm-hmm. and she was uh, prior to prior to losing the, the her access to all her words and mm-hmm. um, verbal uh, acumen mm-hmm. like she she taught Chris Bailey a new word when she met him at the corner hotel one time what yeah <laughs> because she was an English teacher yes. for like 45 years of service um, and dementia attacked her her frontal lobes mm-hmm. where her access to words just sort of dried up um so for the last six years six years in particular i've been um going in and and using music in a whole different way and uh exploring my feelings about the grief related to that first of all and then to um to when she passed early in the year 
and uh, my dad also just passed. My oh. husband. <laughs> this this sounds like a country song. Yes. But yeah, because my husband also has uh, he had sudden kidney failure at the beginning of um, last year, and so that you know all about dialysis. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So um, that's pretty tricky and and he and I were in a band together his band Delicados mm-hmm. um and we just released an album and um and then COVID sort of prevented us from playing much but then this this has as well um so there's there's been a lot of um a lot of fuel for writing some some songs <laughs> yeah yeah you've had a tough and a lot you. of time too yeah <laughs> gosh um, I forgot about um, also in COVID, um, my daughter had a was in a domestic violence situation. So there's another song, um, oh. another few songs about that. Gosh, I can't wait to and hear that. Yeah, they're heavy subjects, but it it sounds like um, before before COVID, before the whole world had undergone mm-hmm. a traumatic mm-hmm. experience together, like a collective trauma, um, people. I'd read surveys about the types of music that people listen to mm-hmm. and how they gravitate more to whatever their natural emotional tone is. Mm-hmm. Um, so in in some cases, um, people couldn't listen to music that was uh, about particularly sad things. But I anticipate that after the last couple of years, everyone's waiting to hear something that helps them get that out. I know. You know, yeah. And recover, really. Yeah. So, um, did your mum have a musical background herself? Yeah, she did. She loved music, absolutely mm-hmm. loved it. And um, as a... Uh, what was her name? Kay Maynard. Kay Maynard, Gorgeous actually. Kay Maynard. Yeah, she taught at Seaford Carum High School for a little did while. She? Yeah, yeah, and my cousin went to Seaford Carum. Everyone Karam. calls it Patterson River, but I always call it Seaford Carum. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's what it was yeah. when she was there and helped with the musicals, like all the school musicals. Um, she taught at Tottenham High as well. Did she? High at High. My husband went to Seaford Carum. I have to ask. Oh, yeah. I'll have to ask him if he knows her. Yeah, well, it was that was sort of 70s 80s that she was there then oh, she, oh, okay. yep. she also taught at Westall Secondary College mm-hmm. um, uh, that was after the UFO incident she wasn't there for that <laughs> oh really was she there <laughs> no no <laughs> but she did teach with a couple of teachers that were there and yeah well they sort to but, so yeah yeah, wow. yeah. <laughs> interesting gosh mm. oh wow um, so um, what are some of the songs that have inspired you like by your mum that you're going to sing tonight? Oh, okay. Um, well, um, I'm going to sing ones that I've written. Um, one that was one of her favourite ones mm-hmm. uh, that I wrote like years ago. Because um, as a as a musician, we yes. didn't really have you know rent money, so quite often we would camp back at Mum's house. <laughs> and so there was Saturday mornings where we'd get up and she wasn't teaching, and um, we'd we'd just have jams in mm-hmm. the in the front room. And um, compose new songs, and she'd be singing along or tapping oh, along, nice. and, and smiling, and um, yeah. So there were there there was that. But Mum used to teach us a whole lot of songs um, when we used to go camping. We didn't have a car radio. Okay, we, we just had Mum and her. her head was full oh, of all fabulous. these wonderful Australian folk songs, and, and you just um, have sing alongs in the car. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, beautiful. Do you remember any of those songs? 
that she sung with you? Yeah, there there was Plastic Jesus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a bit irreverent. Um, there was Que Sera Sera. Um, there was oh, nice. uh, Pack Up Your Troubles in Your Old Kit Bag. There was The Court of King Caractacus. Um, I do remember do that remember one. That yeah. One? yeah. Remember those sing-along books that you had in, in primary school? school? Yeah, yeah. I actually found one not long ago at a market and I took it home and they were just so sort of incorrect. Some, <laughs> of, the, some of the songs, they were just not right. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. And you it, could not sing them now. <laughs> no. <laughs> but mm. that was great fun. Mm. I remember sitting there in, in primary school mm. at the desk looking up at the speaker on the mm. wall when yes. it was time to sing and everyone got out their Let's Sing books. Yes. Yeah. I know. It was unreal. So what are you going to sing for us now? Oh, okay. Well. Oh, are you ready? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I might do I might do that song I was just talking about. Okay. I'm just listening to see whether whether it's loud enough. Okay, yeah. So this is a kind of a happy song. Okay. <laughs> about change. Nice. I'll be cold and I'll pretend When the wind blows I'll be moving on again When the wind blows on another face Close a chapter, turn a page When the wind blows When the wind blows when the willow starts to get its buds anew When the winter sky has turned from grey to blue When the wind blows through a dirty town And all the leaves can tumble down When the wind blows When the wind blows Cool. 
we'll get out of here A memory left for you, my dear When the wind blows When the wind blows Thank you. That was beautiful. Well, thank you. That was one of her favourite ones. Really? Yeah. So she didn't have much um, language, but when when I started playing that, she would always she would light up. Yeah, she'd light up, and she'd go, "Oh yes, I like this oh, one. Really? Like this one." Yeah. <laughs> so listening and singing songs can, you know, provide emotional and behavioural benefits for people with dementia. Did you find that, you know, when you're playing these songs to your mother, with were they like an uh, immediate mood changer? Well, um, she spent most of the time, thankfully, being quite happy anyway. Um, they got the the medication was, was mm-hmm. right. You know, um, there was a, some um, auditory disturbances, auditory mm-hmm. hallucinations. They got the medication right for that. So she didn't have that anymore. Um, and she was always just wrapped whenever anyone mm-hmm. came to see her, even though we, we went often and her sisters yep. would go in and take their ukulele in oh, and sing with her as well. Yeah. Um, so she she just loved music. They had a choir. She was always up there singing with a choir and she never needed to refer to the book. Like she'd turn the pages um, and even though she couldn't really say sentences that made much sense, mm-hmm. you know, in conversation – all the all the uh, lyrics, all the lyrics, all the phrasing, all the melody mm-hmm. would just come out again. Um, so that also, you know, that seemed to have like a, a dual effect of the fact that she could do that. Mm-hmm. She knew she was doing it right and that gave her like a boost of confidence. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she really, it, it was definitely beneficial um, there's a lot in music therapy, but in particular in, in singing along and being a part of it, getting mm-hmm. in rhythm with someone else. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I just think music is so important. It mm. sort of brings people together and music speaks to all when um, words can fail. It's, you know, it's power to connect people is like without question. Like, yeah, it just does so many things yeah it does Um, and they've started to like neurologically map it as well the effect of it so more mm -hmm. and more people are saying you know for for stress release um music is a vital part of uh de-stressing so whether it's listening to music um but definitely there's a um 
a benefit to being able to play music and you're never, ever too old to learn. Mm -hmm. And the more you um, use your fine motor skills and and start to, to work with them, um, the more that can actually help open up new neural pathways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's... Oh, wow. It's fascinating. So um, is it music of early childhood or young adult that is more effective, um, do you think? Well, um, for mum, it was all of it. Um, she... she uh, could remember all the songs from mm-hmm. like nursery rhymes and things like that um but songs from the radio from just about every era yeah, yeah. i mean it could vary from person to person but she yeah really loved all types of music exactly yeah so um but but not just that when i was going in and, and playing um new songs i'd written mm-hmm. and that was a bit of an experiment for me because i was thinking are they, uh, i don't know you know because when i grew up and started playing music. I'd she was my best critic. Mm-hmm. I'd go into um, and best supporter. I'd mm-hmm. go into her bedroom and, and play her songs and read her lyrics, and she'd she'd correct them for me and give oh, me give me feedback. Yeah, so she was a big part of me um, of my confidence, developing confidence with the creative process. Mm-hmm. So I was a, a little bit, you know, uh, a bit grief stricken about whether that was a good thing to do. But I started to play her new songs and I realised that she was remembering them Mm -hmm. Um, so she was making new memory with the music as well and not just uh, her but when I was in the common room playing really quietly Mm -hmm. in the corner to her um, one of the other residents came and tapped me on the shoulder and said excuse me (laughs) dear can you turn off the television and sing louder (laughs) <laughs> because oh. and it was just it was so touching like I think my eyes got a little bit wet when she did that. oh that's so good yeah because I was just I was thinking I don't want to disturb anyone and then I realized you know it was much much more that the thing of somebody actually being present with them mm-hmm. in the room mm-hmm. generating the music it was the live entertainment connection mm-hmm. you know so it didn't matter what was on TV they saw enough TV mm-hmm. every day exactly it was having a real life face and person and voice and and they weren't judgmental they just loved the fact that there was something going on and if my my husband is a far superior guitarist mm-hmm. he's just yeah. so much better than me on guitar um but i could even like play a few things and they'd close their eyes and they just looked in in utter bliss you mm-hmm. know because there was a they were feeling the resonance mm. in the room with them yeah. i think that was what it was it was um yeah, so it was interesting. Mm-hmm. I was suspect- just to see the way they re- react. Yeah, and it was just music. It was just tonal. It wasn't necessarily mm-hmm. um, a song that they remembered or a song that they knew. It was just to hear it, to mm-hmm. hear the the music. Mm-hmm. You know, in in the Western scale that we yeah. all know. You know, uh, yeah. I was told about a, a woman once in her nineties that um, they would play music from the nineteen thirties to her. Yeah, and you could see that she would start tapping her fingers to that yep. music because it resonated with her because that was the music of her time. Yeah, absolutely. So I think yeah. it's important that they, you know, that they do that, play yeah. music to people in nursing homes. Oh, 100%. Well. And they, they can get like now because we've got all the um, little iPods or um, mm-hmm. iPads even, you can program a Spotify playlist or a, 
YouTube playlist or whatever kind of playlist and just have it there for your loved one, your loved wrinkly, mm. or loved elder. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they can just hear have it all the time so that's really that's a really nice thing to do did she have a um did you have a radio for her as well on the room yeah she had a radio it was an old one with a cassette player yes yeah i had one of those for my mum. yeah (laughs) i do my mum would always have um the church service going like on a sunday she'd you know we'd put that on for her and yeah i'd i'd even um have all these lullabies that she used to sing to me oh, in Greek and I found them. I found them like I YouTubed them and found them and played them to her and oh, yeah, so, nice. so yeah. Yeah. So how how were you coping during that time? Were you just like a machine, like in the zone where all you did or do was like concentrate on your mother? Like your life is just getting through to her. It must have been hard. Well, there was there's a lot of other things going on as well that also made it hard and all and um uh, but that w- that became like a real precious time, and it, and it was um, it was a new a new way we could connect, mm-hmm. you know, um, because it really was beyond words, <laughs> and that's uh, mm. you know that's that's a real special thing, mm. you know, to have. And it really is, you know. We're all here, and we make a lot of noise, and we we say a lot of things. But really, the connection, the love we have for each other is beyond words. Mm, yeah, yeah. Everyone like will experience their own journey of grief differently. I think. Yeah. The sadness of losing someone you love never really sort of goes away completely. No, no, because no, no. you. you you miss their, mm. you miss their body. Mm. Yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah, totally, and their smell. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and the, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So, shall we go to another song? Oh yeah. What do you reckon? All right. Um, Thank you. Okay, so oh. I think I might experiment with whether I can get the guitar sounding. Normally, it carries very well. Mm-hmm. So. Lovely. We're gonna stand. So this this song was um when I was in a band called Have a Nice Day, I went over to Los Angeles and mm-hmm. had some time writing with Janet Napolitano that was sponsored by Michael Gidinski. Oh. When I came back. Yeah. Um I love hearing these I had, stories. <laughs> I had this song and another song on the cassette. Uh, I guess yeah. it, was, it was a cassette. It was pre. Um, That's, I remember those times. Mm. And hand pre digital, yeah. Was with your brother? Yeah. My brother, Glenn Maynard. And um, at that time, it was Mark Welsh as well. He was in Pollyanna? Um, Glenn was in Pollyanna, yeah. yeah. yeah afterwards, yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, so well, we'll get to that anyway. Yeah. After, <laughs> after I bought the demo back, Michael called me up at home and really? he said he really liked that song. Yeah, he really liked not crying anymore. Um, and <laughs> when I play it, sometimes I, I hear him going, I told you it was a good song. It was a good song. <laughs> um. Sometimes I can't 
find the words Attack seems empty, insincere I have to cry and wash my eyes To see again when nothing's clear So through the mysteries My senses don't make sense to me I've read each page of this new age I'm in it now So I can't say But I'm not crying anymore I'm not crying like I did before I'm not crying anymore Oh no, no, no Life is the thing that's real Love's our birthright And we feel And in between See what I mean A journey Or a miracle I'd love to Welcome you To where I stand And what I do If you can't See I'll let it be Cause Love is all that's really true And I'm not crying anymore I'm not crying like I did before I'm not crying anymore Oh no, no, no empty, insincere, I have to cry and wash my eyes to see again when nothing's clear, but I'm not crying anymore, I'm not crying like I did before, I'm not crying Fantastic. Gosh, are you are you thinking of doing anything with these tracks? Yeah, well, um, I really want to do sort of like a 
maybe a folk record in honour of Mum because that mm. was her main love. She took me to my first ever music festival, which was the Malden Folk Festival. Oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> in the 70s, and I thought oh, I just loved it. Um, and also it's a great – it's just – yeah, that that was really the, the songs because I was – more um, liberated from full-time work so I could go in and mm-hmm. and play for her. Mm-hmm. And when it's sort of stripped down to acoustic guitar and voice, it always ends up being a little bit, bit more folky. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I'm thinking I'd like to make a folk record and I have a, a friend who who may help me get some folk festival gigs. So that, that, could, Why not? that could work. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah. And even my dad, like, um, before he passed away, I was telling him about that I wanted to do that in honour of mum. Mm-hmm. And, um, make, oh, actually, I probably didn't mention it was in honour of mum, but just that mm-hmm. I was thinking of making a folk music record. Yeah. And he said, oh, I think that would work really well. That would be better than your more dramatic style. Yes. <laughs> Is that what he said? <laughs> yeah. Aww. But, you know, that was one of the kinder things he'd ever said about, <laughs> about the music. Yeah, it was very encouraging at that stage. So was that he was, musical at all? As well? My dad was had a beautiful singing voice. Uh-huh. Yeah, and he loved music and he had a really excellent taste but um but he really liked it to have finesse like he he wasn't really into the rough and ready rock as much as he was um like the furies or Uh uh, the gypsy kings or um oh he loved the beatles as well Uh the stones oh no no he would he would not have been no they were too dirty rock and roll for him yeah beatles clean cut yeah yeah exactly so i remember when i was younger in the 70s i got so into electric light orchestra Uh i went that was my first concert at my music pool i went to see them yeah and i showed dad a picture because i was thinking they've got the orchestra you know Uh they've got orchestral elements to their music they are just so great and um he saw a picture of them He disapproved immediately. Oh, did he? He was like, <laughs> and I thought they looked nice. They had their suits on. I know they had long hair and long beards, but he was like a bit concerned about whether they washed enough. Oh, <laughs> oh how cute. Yeah, but when he was younger, um, he grew up on the banks of the Murray River and he used to go in and sing on um, Mildura Radio, mm-hmm. apparently, with a, a, a little group up there. Oh. Yeah, he didn't ever record anything. I was actually kind of hoping after COVID that I might get to to do some recording with mum and dad singing. Okay. But, <clears throat> yeah, no, that didn't happen. But um, Did you wh- record any of your journey? Like, did you record any of you singing while you were in the with your mum? Um, I think a couple of people mm-hmm. might have done yep. okay. a few little bits like that, yeah. Mm. Yeah, but mainly that was just that was just for us, mm. yeah. Okay. Will you be um, playing, like if you played these songs again, would you be playing them with other instruments or just well, acoustic? I want to do both. Mm-hmm. That That's what I'd like to have the freedom to be able to do both because uh, it can be really hard um, to tour lots of people. Um, at the moment, touring sort of not really something I can do. Mm-hmm. And I, um, yeah. You know, with the my husband in yes. dialysis. Yes. But, but um, also he's like such Must a be. great guitarist uh-huh. and mainly since – 
I was 26, I've been collaborating with him, so mm-hmm. I really um, miss his guitar. He puts the flowers on the vines. Like I might, I might build a little structure, but he, he puts the flowers uh-huh. there. Um, so I'd really, whatever I do, I really want him to be involved. Yeah, yeah. a part of it. Um, and we play with Kel McAlpine. You know, we go around to Kel's house and we've got our um, Fiona and the Ferryman trio. Oh, wow. Where he, he plays on a cajon. So I really like the... Um, the flexibility with the acoustic instruments at uh-huh. the moment because um, my voice has got a very dynamic range, but it's um, it's got some nice, really nice tones that are very quiet mm-hmm. as well. And if I if I'm belting all the time, that that can get sort of lost. And mm-hmm. I'd like to I'd like to have a time in my life where I can do a bit of that mm-hmm. as well. Okay. Yeah. Well, we um, will you be thinking of doing any music therapy sing-alongs? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I would really yeah. like to incorporate into a show. So my whole idea would be to um, release an album that had obvious sing-alongy parts in it and get the audience involved in doing that. Mm-hmm. And at recent solo shows, when I've done it. Um, at poem and, and places like that, mm-hmm. I've got people to to learn the the chorus of the last song with me, and so okay. they sing along, and wow. we we do it that way, and it, it worked really well. I was surprised actually because it's it's been a long standing uh, dream of of mine, mm-hmm. you know, to uh, to have people sing along with the words and that would be amazing yeah yeah yeah. and even leave it to them to do Mm -hmm. a a whole part Mm -hmm. you know and people love to sing and it is one of those wonderful things because um you have to breathe a certain way Mm -hmm. when you sing and to sing in a group rebecca barnard and billy miller have been doing their Mm sing-alongs at um, caravan club for years and then and now at mimo and they're just brilliant Mm. the people love going like mm-hmm. they started with very few people going they, they built it up to being over you know like mm-hmm. 200 300 people um going to them yeah. and then being part of that mm-hmm. sing-along choir and it's just yeah. fantastic i think people love to sing whether or not they can carry a tune like people seem to understand that there's something positive about singing yeah really yeah, and it's you know good for you, good for your body and your mind. It totally is. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So we ready to play another tune? Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> if that's if you want to. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> can you can you tell me the the inspo behind this track? This or? one, this one. Um, right. So <laughs> it's um, it's called "Take Me." Take me back to the junction, okay. and that. It's, <laughs> remember when we were in lockdown, we couldn't go <laughs> yeah. uh, more than five k's. Well, I I like to go oh. to St Kilda Junction was so further than five k's from my house. That's where, you know, we I had lots of gigs. Mm-hmm. Um, I was playing once a month at the Dogs Bar down in St Kilda. Um, I was playing. Uh, I had gigs at George Lane, mm-hmm. um, all sorts of things. And really miss that, but also it it refers to like um, the junctions in our mind, mm-hmm. you know, when you can make a connection. Um, so that's that's sort of where this song comes from. Now I just need the junction. 
functioning in my head where the lyrics are. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. I might have early dementia. Let me have a look at it. <laughs> I realise I've got 200, there we go, 222, no, 225 songs registered with APRA, but um, a lot more that I haven't done yet. Okay, I'll start again. Jams, no road service But on the way I lost and found some of my friends So, take me back to the junction Take me back to the junction Take me back to the junction, now let's go I've slipped and slid, I've tripped and fell on worn-out pavement. I picked myself up and I've learned to walk again. I've written letters, then moved on and never sent them. Once that shit happens, it can get so hard to mend. Take me back to the junction Take me back to the junction Take me back to the junction Now let's go So Take me back to the junction Take me back to the junction Take me back to the junction Now let's go And beyond the footlights And I see so I have seen both high and low I close my eyes to look into the heart of silence Now return again with all the love I know So Back to the junction. Take me back to the junction. Take me back to the junction. Now let's go. So take me back to the junction. 
Take me back to the junction Take me back to the junction Now let's go That's amazing. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Press the right buttons. Oh wow, we're back. Um, so let's talk about like, can you tell me about your career and your like musical journey you've been on? Like, where did it all start? So, you know, you're you're in school. Yeah, you're in school. You're well, in I think it it probably started because that was the. Um, Probably started with mum singing me lullabies, uh-huh. yeah, um, uh, and dad teaching me songs like Grandfather's Clock in the Back of the Car mm-hmm. as well. So all of that stuff, that really, really, I had a love for singing. Mum said I like, knew over 100 songs before I was in kindergarten. Wow. Um, so you had like a leg- legitimate love for music. Yeah. Uh, it's sort of, I was born with that mm-hmm. and... Um, Born in the same month, I was released into the world the same month and year that Sgt. Peppers was released. Oh, is that so? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> June 1967. Yeah. So um, I came for the <laughs> I came for the love and the music. I think. Yeah. Um, and uh, so all of that, I, I always wanted to sing. Um, and I tried playing acoustic guitar in primary school because there were lessons, um, but all they had was a full big body guitar and I was like a flea uh-huh, uh-huh. behind it. I couldn't do it. It was too big. But I tried recorder and I was I was always singing. I had singing lessons when I was 15 um, and always going into the high school musicals and uh-huh. stuff like that. Um, mainly in the chorus, though, because I used to have – really crippling anxiety and nerves mm-hmm. when it came to performing like and that's that's part of the I think I overcompensate quite a bit because that's why I belted out mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> just um sort of I settling into it yeah a lot of people do yeah <laughs> but it's it there's a part of it that makes that's more bravado and I was listening to Roger Waters on uh, I think he was on Joe Rogan's podcast because mm-hmm. we we do a lot of watching of that mm-hmm. and um he was saying roger waters was saying that his new musical show that he's doing is um he's really having that connection with the audience uh-huh. and that's what i really want i want i want that purity of the connection i really would love to have that same resonance with an entire audience that i had with mum at certain mm-hmm. points mm-hmm. that intimacy where a real the love loops way open and everyone can um receive the full benefit of the time of communion mm-hmm. together, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So then, Sunny Boys came along. I saw them at the Royal Melbourne show. With, okay. With my bestie at the time, Sandra Cutts, and and um, they ended up being just so friendly to us, and all the kids that love that love seeing them, giving us autographs, talking to us, and so I just 
became smitten with them as older brothers and took up the bass because Peter Oxley, I, I oh. developed a big crush on him um, just because he was just so nice. And so when did you pick up the bass? Uh, when I was 15. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I saved up and I bought the bass. Oh, <laughs> so th- I was going to say why bass yeah. over, over the instruments, but that's why, because yeah. you saw him. Yeah, well, him <laughs> and also because I'd had the the um, trauma of the guitar being too big. Yes. So I thought, well, four strings and I, I got a little music, um, a music master, which was the bass that Tina Weymouth used okay. from Talking Heads. And I oh. went up to Ron Lee's because Ron Lee, um, he had his music factory in Hyatt. He was also a student of my mum's from Cheltenham High, I think mm-hmm. he was, back in the day. Um, so so is, that, is that the gear that you used? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here's and my question. What yeah. type of gear do you oh, use? Oh, yeah. At, well, <laughs> it was a music master back then. That, that's uh-huh. a three-quarter scale bass and that's what I learned on. But then I um, traded that up for a Fender L-series precision bass, um, which used to belong to the bass player from Midnight Oil. And, wow. and then I sold that back to Jackson's Guitars, I think, up in Sydney. Um, and I, I had a, a music master as well. Uh, no, sorry, music man, a music man bass, a Stingray music man. Mm-hmm. That was just too heavy. Okay, because <laughs> it hurts on your on your back. And is that a four string? Or? Yeah, that was a four string. Um, so I played lots of different basses. At the moment, I've got a Dan Electro, mm-hmm. and I love that because it's light. It's light. It's yes. really light, so I can play it for hours and not get really sore back and shoulders. Oh. And I've got a Fender Rumble bass amp, which isn't casters, so that makes it very easy to wheel in and out of oh, nice of gigs and venues and stuff like that. Yeah, and it's got a nice, rich time. So you're out of high school. You saw the Sunny Boys. You bought your bass, mm-hmm. and then what? Then I um, got my first paying gig yeah. in um, an amateur theatre group production of Grease, the stage show okay. Grease, which had um, Phil Sobrano as oh, Danny Zico. Did it? <laughs> How funny. Gosh. <laughs> Yeah, so every so often, you know, um, I don't know if you know, but Phil and Alan Long have got a Rock Academy. Okay. And Declan Long as I well. I saw that you did that. Yeah, yeah. So they, they have the Young Lion tribe, mm-hmm. which is a whole lot of teens that come on school holidays and they have like music school camp and it's mm-hmm. it's fantastic I've, I've done that mentor role a couple of times so the kids come in and they um they have their instrument that mm-hmm. they're learning they're all at different stages with their instruments and with voice and all of this but they need to um within a few days they have to learn a cover song as a band, they form a band. Oh, really? They learn a cover song uh-huh. and they write an original. Okay. And then they perform it at the end of um, the end of the term concert or wow. whatever. Yeah. And usually at a like a live gig, like at the um, where have they done it? They've done it at Central Club a few times, and they've also done it right in the centre of town. How exciting! Yeah. Cool. Oh, they're so good. They're Gosh. so good, and it sounds it sounds like a lot to mm-hmm. do in mm-hmm. that time and. They do it. It's for the love. They love it. They love it. Uh-huh. And there's just this great energy that they all mm-hmm. have and um, this triumph as mm-hmm. well because at the start of the week, the songs that they write and perform at the end of the week haven't even existed. Mm-hmm. It's really wonderful. Oh, It's wonderful. so good. So yeah. after that, was 
you were with Fiona and her holy men, is that right? Is yeah, so, well, well, first um, I had a band around Bayside called Ewigs UP. Okay. And that was that was fun and then um, went on to Have a Nice Day and yep. that was the one that was signed to Mushroom mm-hmm. and um, had a bit of attention. Yes. And, uh, was that for a few years? Yeah. It was about five uh-huh. years, like from start to finish. Was that through that grunge era? Yes. So it was. The end. And what was the beginning, kind of. Yeah, so it was concurrent. Mm -hmm. We um, were part of this kind of ahead of the the curve of um, bands that came after like Evanescence and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So we had elements that were like that with sort of pop and metal Mm -hmm. and we were a real hybrid kind of band, Mm -hmm. Um, whereas we, yeah, so we were one of the first to kind of do that, mm-hmm. especially here, I guess. Um, yeah, but um, just a little bit ahead of the wave mm-hmm. and we had, um, you know, personal difficulties or whatever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to get into that. Yeah. And it's a bit – it can be tricky being on the road. Of course. Know. Of course. Yeah. So did you – was it with um, Have a Nice Day that you toured the States or was... Oh, um, well, the band after Have a Nice Day uh-huh. folded was In Viva. I formed that with my husband, James Lomas, and we went over to Los Angeles mm-hmm. to record. We mm-hmm. we intended to just stay at Jeanette's for like three weeks and record the album, but we ended up... She, she was very generous to us and we stayed for over a year. Wow. And we got to play live shows there as well. Okay. Yeah, so that was lots of fun, really good fun. Oh, how yeah. exciting. And released a, an album that she did and Elle Mankey and Jim Mankey helped um, produce it. Uh-huh. Elle Mankey was part of the production team for Pet Sounds the okay. Beach Boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there was we got to we got to meet a lot of people and yes. um hear so many wonderful stories. We got to we didn't actually record in the Sound City studio, but we went there. You know, I don't know if you've seen that Dave Grohl. Yeah, um, the um Doco. Doco, yeah, yeah. yeah. And oh, that's really, wonderful. Yeah, it's funny because it really does stink around there. <laughs> <laughs> it does. He mentions it at one point we're like, I remember how it smelled, yeah. So um, did you play your album while you were there or you toured it? Um, well, we played at various venues around Hollywood. Uh-huh. We played at um, a place that's not there anymore called Coconut Teaser. Okay. Um, and now it's a, I think it's a Japanese restaurant or something like yeah. that. We played at uh, the Martini Lounge at, um, we even did a gig at Whiskey the whiskey, a go-go. Okay. And that was a um, it was a benefit for a Hollywood personality called Pleasant Gaiman. And um, Snowy, the drummer of the Easy Beats, was at that gig. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so. wow. <laughs> so you went there, what, for over a year? Yeah. And then you came back? Yeah. And what did you do then? So homesick. So we, we yeah. came back yeah. and um, we got married, we got jobs because we'd run out of money. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and we continued to play and we recorded another album at SB Recorders because uh-huh. um, James and I had done some moonlighting with Chris Franklin on his 
Oh, he, he's Chris single. Franklin. Is he a single bloke? Oh, I remember that. <laughs> so that's me and James doing the bass and guitar oh. and BVs on that one. He had a funny clip, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Is he still around? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's still going. <laughs> was, oh, my God. Yeah, he's a funny guy. Yeah. I, would, I remember staying up late always. You know when you'd watch Rage and... He would be on the com- the stand up comedy show on Channel Thirty One. Unreal, it? yeah. He was always on that. Yep. All with Bev Killick and yep, heaps yep. of them. Yeah, I'm talking. You know, the two thousands. I remember. Yeah, all the way back then. We were all mates, all in that scene, sort of. Yeah. Um, you know, because the Espy was the Espy, mm. and it had comedy and it had music. Exactly. So there was a lot of um, intermingling and, and cross-pollination and yeah. helping each other on various things, yeah. It was a different time back then. Yeah, but I think, you know, every so often that time, that time has very strong bonds uh-huh. and every so often we all come back together in various ways. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> so, okay, so you did that and where does um, the Dalit... Delicados. 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 Yeah, so after after In Vivo um, had my baby, had our baby. Lovely. Yeah, and that that was making a bit tricky. Juanita. Juanita Juanita. Rose Lama. So she's uh, a tattoo artist up in Berwick. If anyone needs some ink, go up there. (laughs) (laughs) Plug. (laughs) Yeah, so... um, in Vivo kept going for a while. We had Dave Thomas from Magic Dirt and Board play mm-hmm. play in our mm-hmm. band as well. Saw that, and um, and then uh, and Phil Calvert as well. We had three different drummers here, and I think we had three different drummers in LA as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we had a little little break. I played with. Um, Another another mother friend of mine, Emma Rodder, she's a fantastic violinist. Mm-hmm. And we had a little duo called Femme Royale for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, and James played with my brother and his band, Kids and Cults. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. we did um, Fiona Solito Survival Band, mm-hmm. which was um, with me just singing. It was sort of... Uh, a very dramatic kind of band, and then that moved into this Tex-Mex um, three-piece with Billy Palmer Jr., um, which was Fiona and her holy man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so mm. that was that was really good fun. We did that for a few years with Billy, and then after that, Delicados, because mm-hmm. it was James's turn to lead a band. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And he had all these songs, and he really wanted a big band, mm-hmm. whereas I like... I like um, intimate. Yeah, yeah. It's just well because I tend to um, do the booking and the managing and Mm -hmm. calling around and all that sort of stuff. So the sometimes if if it can be a little bit more portable and I don't Mm -hmm. have to call as many people. Yes. (laughs) Can I ask what what's the most sort of outrageous show you've ever played? Ah. Where it's just been crazy. Because you've toured with, a few, you know, with some interesting people. Yeah. Well, when when we um, played with Faith No More up in Sydney, the first show, we were so excited. I remember that. And the place was packed. Like, I think that their capacity was a suggestion. They Because we couldn't even get to the toilets from the stage. Oh, so, really? Yeah, that was full on. We had to leave out the back and come in the back. Um, that was pretty amazing, um, playing with them. I saw them play at Monash Caulfield. 
yeah. remember I, went, I think I must have been 19 wow. or something and I saw them play there when they were playing at the uni. Unreal. So, yeah, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and we played with Tism and they were always a bit mind-bending, those, mm-hmm. those shows. And um, any any show where Fred Negro is a part of it oh. is, is always... Character. Yeah, it's set to go off. Um, yeah. I and think- you play with Phil Power a lot. Yeah. I can't even tell you how many times I've stumbled across having oh. to see him play live. I love Phil. Yeah. Phil, the whole Para family are fantastic. Mm. And Denzel um, and my daughter and her, her friend Kirk, they're all, they've all got a little, they're jamming at the moment. Are they? <laughs> oh, runs in the family. Yeah. Oh, cool. All right. Yeah. So do you reckon we're ready for another song? Oh, yeah. What do you think? Um. Um, an up one. Do as you please, whatever you reckon. All right, so this is... <laughs> I've been married for quite a while now, nearly 30 years. Have you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how, how about you? How long have you? Oh, 2006. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes it's a... Oh. It's different than you expected it to be, isn't it? Sometimes? Yeah. Mm. So this song's about. <laughs> <laughs> Let's all have a sip. <laughs> this song's about um, how you go into marriage and you're all really excited and the things that you want and you kind of expect. And it's called Will You. Will so, You? Uh, it's not going to electrocute anything. No. <laughs> That's okay. You go for it. Listen and 
and hold you in arms I'll enfold you and gaze into your eyes In that space we'll remember that we're safe when we're tender There's harmonic incandescence in our hearts Oh, will you walk with me slowly? Will you pause? Will you linger? Will you smile as you twirl me around? Will you see things that I see? All old frames just hinder and make your sin from your joie de la vie. Ooh, will you? Seasons move swiftly with each anniversary As we wind up the mountain And we drink from the fountain of the well Spring that bubbles in our hearts Ah, oh, will you walk with me slowly? Will you pause? Will you linger? Will you smile as you twirl me around? Will you see things that I see? Old frames just hinder and make your scent from your joie de la vie. Ooh, will you? Fabulous. Gosh, what was behind that track? What was that song about? Um, it's just trying to remember all of the the innocence and the freshness mm-hmm. of love, you know, because oh, you, yep. you go around and you, that's you, right. We did speak. Yeah, you think you think you know people because you're with them all the time and stuff like that. But there's always more to know. There's uh-huh. every day. There's a new. There's something new inside me. Mm-hmm. I know that, and I think that's the same for everybody. Yeah. So it's just trying to have that. Yeah, uh, the, the promise, mm-hmm. the promise of intimacy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Who's been some of your biggest influences, would you say? Mm. Well, Jeanette Napolitano has been because, um, yeah, she mentored us, mentored us and, haven't I say, play with Concrete Blonde uh-huh. a lot. So, yes. yeah, she was a big influence, but um, prior to that, Sunny Boys, but all the music from my youth, Julie London, um, uh-huh. Rosemary Clooney. And uh, the Andrew sisters. Oh yes. Yeah. Um, my husband, he's he's a big influence on me with uh-huh. um, his tastes in music and Steve Earle. Um, I love Steve Earle stuff. Uh-huh. I love the Beatles. Uh, that's I self-taught myself. Uh-huh. Like the first three chords I ever learned was from the easy ones in the Complete Beatles song. Oh well, <laughs> I have a, a lyrics. Book of just all Beatles songs. I, I, yeah. love, I love the Beatles. Yeah. Um, oh wow. So, you know, do you follow a, a process or a ritual before you before a performance? Do you like 
get rid of nerves or anything like that? Yeah, I try not to go too crazy with them because they do, they bubble up and I get very excited uh-huh. and nervous. So I, I, I want to sort of keep some of that going. I think it's like an invocation. I think that most performers, because it's got worse, not better, okay. you know, as time goes on. Um and it's not even, it's like such a, a nebulous thing. You've got no idea what it's all about. Mm-hmm. It's just that you can feel this sort of energy coming because you want to do such a good job and mm-hmm. you want to connect and you want to lift people up. And it's it's like, I don't know, I feel like it's, it's almost like opening a, a, a channel mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. So it's um, not getting in the way of that. And um, I can get very thirsty when that happens. Okay. So I try to. <laughs> yeah. Just have a drink nearby. Yeah. No, I mean like the alcohol thirsty. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I okay. can't do too much oh, of that. okay. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. So can you tell me about um, Chrissy Amphlett, the tribute gig? Oh, that was so much like fun. The MS, yeah. Fundraiser, you know. Yeah. Well, um, I... I never actually met Chrissy in person, uh-huh. but I know so many people that know her very well and knew her very well. I was shattered when she passed. Oh, yeah, it was she devastating. Was just too young. Yeah. 53. Yeah. No, it, it was too young. And um, she was just amazing. Her impact on the, the psyche of. Australian women was yeah. was probably underestimated because the impact was awesome. I mean, when 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 she passed, it was everybody wanted to put on their school dress. And oh, I know. I loved how she dressed. Like yeah. I remember her as a child, and you know, she was like this sexy schoolgirl with yeah. ripped, ripped stockings yeah. with suspenders, and you know, she just had that look of attitude. You yeah, know? And yeah. She was wild and you know, angry, and oh, I just loved her. Yeah. She she really her her um, stage persona and really gave permission for mm. um, a whole new generation of Australian women to be more outspoken. Uh-huh. I think, yeah. And it was one of those things that was symbolic. It was all done be- beyond and between words as well mm-hmm. as the fact that their songs were just spectacular. Yeah. Like Boys in Towns, just such yeah. a great song. Yeah. And so um, you know. Uh, so feminist uh-huh. um, so it was interesting because there were a lot of tribute gigs sort of happening around that time not necessarily for Chrissy because she'd only just passed away but James Young called me from Cherry Bar and he also does a, the um, Yarraville and um, that's where it was at the Yarraville and, uh-huh. and asked me if I'd collaborate with him on doing a tribute mm-hmm. and I'd remember I remembered reading an interview with her where she was always saying you know um people can do covers but they have to do it their way she was yeah. like if you're going to interpret a song you-, you need to interpret it don't just rehash uh-huh. it kind of thing she was very much about um artistic freedom artistic uh-huh. expression and and finding your own voice uh-huh. and um so I put together a some bands because I knew it was going to be a lot for anyone to try and learn the whole lot. Mm-hmm. And we chose from the two charities, we chose be- because it would just be um, too, you know, it spreads it too thin if you try and do both. Because mm-hmm. it was multiple comorbidities she had. She had, yeah, well, done. I was shocked to hear she had breast um, cancer, been battling MS 
since the late eighties. Yeah, and that you know she only announced it in two thousand and seven. Yeah, and you know, and she kept it secret. Mm. You know, and then yeah, and breast cancer breast on cancer. top of that. So yeah, so we went um, for the MS option because uh-huh. um, that. Breast cancer gets a lot more publicity, really, so there's more funds yes, going yes. that way. But um, it was such a great gig. Everybody, um, just about everyone I asked to be a part of it, wanted to be a part of it, uh-huh. and it sold out so quickly. Uh-huh. Um, I wanted little Patty to be part of it. That was, like, really important to me because I wanted it to be an authentic tribute. Uh-huh. And... Um, Yeah, so I mentioned that to James Young and he said, oh, yeah, okay. So he asked and little Patty was wrapped and she came down and sang a song and I got to play with her as well. And she kept walking around all night saying, Chrissy would have loved this. Chrissy would have loved this. She would have loved you. She would have loved you. She was just like an angel floating through. And um, the morning of, because Tracy Kingman had also jumped on the bill um, with with um, her brother Scott, who played in the Divinals, mm-hmm. and um, she called me the morning off because I've been really strict about the set li- about the door list, um, and asked everyone to get it to me like a few days in advance because it was a big thing to pull together, and mm-hmm. I was also performing that night, so I wanted to have a chill day. And she called in the morning. She said, oh, "I'm sorry to do this to you, but." Um, I've got another person to put on the the guest list if it's all right. And I I said, who is it? (laughs) And she said, it's Charlie Drayton, Mm. which was Chrissy's husband. Oh, nice. Yeah, that was so nice. That was real. And she said, he doesn't want anyone to know. He doesn't want anyone to know he's there because, you know, it was pretty fresh. But he came and he loved the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And and so many people, no one knew he was there. So, yeah. kept him nice and quiet but it was really like that was such an endorsement I really uh-huh. yeah and the night was fantastic people still talk about yeah. it it's okay funny. everybody did their absolute best whatever happened to the divinals now they just disbanded no I think every so often um Mark tries to get something happening mm-hmm. with another singer but okay I just think that maybe the audience Oh, I, you know, she they just made want it. to see Chrissy. Yeah, they know. do. They want to yeah. see her. Mm. Oh, wow. Well, um, yeah. Gosh, I hope everyone who's listening, you know, are enjoying this as much as I am. Oh, good. So <laughs> oh, I'm very impressed by you. So that's great. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so who, who would be your ideal musician that you would um, want to collaborate with? Like, who would he be? <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> Yeah, well, you already know yeah, this. I know, I, I know. I just thought <laughs> yeah, I'd ask no, you I went Paul McCartney straight away because, um, you know, he just seems to be a very generous collaborator. He, ha- he, the spirit of music is strong in that one. Yeah, <laughs> he just loves it, and I love his bass playing. Um, yeah, I would, I would really love that. I'd love to have a collaboration. A McCartney and Maynard mm. would be hilarious. Oh, that, wow. would just, that would be fantastic. Um, and also, um, in more modern people, I'd love to, I'd love to collaborate with Billie Eilish and Phineas. I think oh, that would be something fun. different completely. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I saw that David Letterman did um, this. 
my next guest needs no introduction with them at their house and he, he looked like he had the best time. Um, they just seem like mm-hmm. they've got such a great resonance. Mm-hmm. And I got a feeling that um, their mum might have been someone that we played with at the Coconut Tea. Oh, my so, goodness. Because she was in bands too. Okay. Back right around that time. Yep. Yeah. Oh, so favourite venue you've performed at? Any memorable gigs? It's so bizarre because I have got lots of memorable ones, but every time I'm asked this question, I go completely blank. Yes. But I loved – I've been playing with Jack Howard Uh in a few of his projects Mm -hmm. and um, he does Epic Brass, which is – it's a tribute to all of the um, wonderful independent songs that featured brass. Uh-huh. And, uh, I like from, a bit of brass. Yeah, from like the, the 80s era, mainly uh-huh. 80s, not, yeah, mainly 80s, 90s. And um, we've done some crackers. The Hunters are, coll- uh, are there, um, touring now, aren't they? Yeah, Red yeah. Hot Summer Tour yeah. thing again. Yeah. Um, so we did a gig up in Sydney. Uh, Epic Brass did, and Rob Hurst was playing drums in mm-hmm. some of it, and um, Steve Kilby from the church was singing. Yes. So I got to do backing vocals with him, which was unreal, and I got to play bass and sing a song, I think, with Rob Hurst playing drums. So that was that was a real highlight, and we've done that a few times. Oh, and another time with Epic Brass, we had Deborah Conway, and she sang Man Overboard. Oh. And so I got to play bass with that. With that nice. and do just that little stab of backing vocal. That was fantastic. So much fun. Um, yeah. So I, I love all of those those kind of things because they're, they're magic moments. Mm-hmm. And with the Painters and Dockers, we've done some great gigs. Delicados mm-hmm. recently. We've done, um, yeah, some just lots of really good Memorable gigs. Memorable yeah. yeah. And a lovely gig that we, we did over in... Um, America in San Juan Capistrano, I think it was, at a place called the Coach House, which was awesome fun too Yeah, with Stan Ridgeway. Um, yeah, that okay. was the night that someone from Fender offered to make me a bass. It never happened, but ah. we did get to go and look around. The, <laughs> we looked around the factory and I touched Sting's bass. Oh, we okay. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have any hobbies or interests outside of music? Okay. Yeah, I do. Um, wellness. I'm like a wellness activist uh-huh. in, in terms of I, I believe that um, a lot of our illnesses that we have can be prevented uh-huh. these days, you know. Um, so uh, my hobby is trawling through YouTube and watching all of the great yeah. <laughs> The great um, things that Dr. Clapper's put up, and yeah. um, and Dr. Bessel van der, Ho- van der Kolk, I think he's a trauma expert uh-huh. as well. So um, I'm really fascinated by uh, self healing, and, and years and years ago, I like I know now it's not, it doesn't seem that. There's had some bad publicity, but um, I did Reiki years and years ago uh-huh. as well, and um, that was. That was really great. Um, so on that really helped me through mm-hmm. a, a tricky time because I'd been um, living in Carlton. I was opened the door one night and <laughs> found myself in a home invasion. Oh, no. Um, yeah, so that oh. that was in Gosh. the late 80s. And okay. um, my, my Reiki 
uh, master, mm -hmm. Denise Crundell, and her husband, John Crundell, they really helped me mm -hmm. okay. Um, okay. be able to heal after that. Yeah. Okay. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was awful. It was. <laughs> um, so, are we, would you like to play a last track? Oh, okay. Would you or? Um, yeah. Or you diddle dished. You're done. Um, well, how long have we been going for? I don't know. I'm always, I don't want to overstay my welcome. No, that's, that's fine. fine. You're not wearing out the welcome. Yeah. We can fit a last track in. Okay. Gentle love, maybe. Oh, no, I mentioned before about domestic violence. Okay. And I, oh, no, this is <laughs> hopefully not a doubt. You're not going to go all ruckus? Yeah. I really like this song because it's, there's a, a lot of, um, sadly, still a lot of domestic violence that occurs. Mm hmm in our uh, community and civilization, you'd totally. think that we weren't at war with each other, you know, but um, that's the extent of trauma can really, uh, if it's unchecked, keep having that negative spiral. But anyway, so this is called Save Her Soul rather than Save Our Souls. Makeup to cover the bruises inside Long sleeve pajamas when she has to hide The kicks and the screams and the fights for control They're eating away at her Oh, 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 oh. 
Gosh, that was lovely. Um, so where can people find you? You're on Facebook, Instagram, yep. socials? Yeah, Facebook and Instagram. And I've got a couple of gigs coming up. Um, I'm doing bass with Kirsten Kraut's Almost a Mirror Show on Friday, November the 18th at Chapel Off Chapel. Uh-huh. That's part of the Stonington Literary Festival and that's going to be a great show. That's uh-huh. like a mixtape um, of, of songs and an exploration. It's a, it's a novel that she wrote, mm-hmm. a work of fiction based on um, and around experiences of the time linking in with songs and mm-hmm. it's, it's just it's fantastic and a great great selection of songs um and the following night saturday november the 17th uh-huh. i'm playing with jack howard yeah he's doing his light heavyweight two album launch at maymo mm-hmm. uh, so that's they're all fantastic gigs as if anyone's interested in looking up any of them mm-hmm. i highly recommend them and then soon enough i'll get out there i'm thinking uh, I'll probably make a musical memoir album. That's uh-huh. good. Yeah. <laughs> All my friends are writing memoirs, but I'm not ready to write one. Okay. <laughs> Gosh, you've I'm got so much. <laughs> <laughs> so much, you know. Gosh, I could just go on and on. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Um, um, God, you even used to be like a St Kilda tour guide. Yeah. Weren't you? Did you go to all the watering holes? So the, yeah, we did. We went um, all around there to um, Prince of Wales Bar. Back in the days before most of them shut down. Oh, yeah, yeah. I w- it was an underage stomper around then. And um, yeah. <laughs> I can remember those days. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you only needed your ID was a photocopy of someone I else's. I know. <laughs> yeah. Your key pass, your learners. I had my sister's learners, I can remember. Yeah, I had some distant cousin, I think. <laughs> I know. It was just, yeah, it was just different. Mm. Um, and I even saw you've played in the Community Cup. Oh, yeah. With the Rock Dogs. I did. Isn't I that did a great two game? Years. That was a great game, but I had to stop because um, some of the some of the younger girls took it a bit too seriously. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, what? Sorry, one I'm an them, old cheese. Well, yeah, <laughs> one of them jumped on my back because she could, I guess. Oh. And um, I was, I've had back, in, back problems most of my life, so I was uh, felt kind of lucky to walk away from that. So I, I thought, I'm going to keep walking okay <laughs> okay and i think that same game lots of people who had tours booked had to mm-hmm. cancel because they broke fingers and shoulders oh, wow and, yeah can get a bit too rough Arky. so yeah okay. oh yeah oh wow so <laughs> thank you fiona for like coming in and sharing your story about your dear mother so oh, thanks you Tana. know thank you for having me it was so nice that you know that you've come to radio Karim and you know it's just you know, a pleasure and a blast, you know, having you here. It's oh, so nice you. to, you know. Well, I've had a blast with I know, you. it's been thank so you. much fun. So, and sharing your song. So, I can't thank you enough. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so, good, good luck with everything. And, Thanks, Tina. And um, you too. Yeah, come back. I'd love to have you back. For sure. <laughs> All the best. Thank you. 
Hi, this is Matt Joe Gao, and you're listening to Radio Karam, which is local community internet radio. And uh, we were having a chat about community radio earlier and how important it is to Melbourne, how important it is to the scene here, the music scene, but also the wider community. So check out Radio Karam, tune in.